Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 6th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it has been one heck of a topsy-turvy roller coaster ride of a week on Wall Street and in the gold market. Volatility's been the name of the game. We've seen more than a $100 swing in the price of gold since late last week. The yellow metal dropped close to $15.50 last Friday, but has rebounded to $16.88 as I'm recording the podcast this morning. Now, here's an interesting question I want to touch on real quick. Why did we see gold drop late last week along with stocks, especially on Friday when we saw that big plunge? I mean, you would think that gold would get a safe haven boost as the market tanked, right? What happened to gold's safe haven bid? Well, I wrote an in-depth article about it on Monday, and I'll link to it on the show notes page. But in a nutshell, there were a lot of investors selling gold to raise cash in order to cover margins. And that's not a good sign for the broader market, by the way. As we've seen this week with the central bank's mechanizations, gold has maintained its safe haven status when you look at the big picture. You know, nothing is a safe haven day to day. Prices of everything fluctuate. So you always have to keep your focus longer term when it comes to gold as a hedge or a safe haven. Anyway, check out that article, shiftgold.com slash news for a more in-depth explanation of what happened uh, early in the market sell-off. At any rate, the craziness continued this week. Now, last week ranked as the worst for stocks since 2008. But we actually started this week off on Monday with a big rally. The Dow Jones was up over 1,293 points, and other indexes had similarly good days. Now, what caused this? Well, on Friday afternoon, Jerome Powell made a rather unusual move of issuing a statement saying, quote, We will use our tools and act as appropriate to support the economy. Now, pretty much everybody knew what that meant. It was a hint that the Fed was ready to cut interest rates. The last time we saw the stock market move up like it did on Monday was in March 2009, right after the Federal Reserve announced QE1. So, lesson, stock markets love them some easy money heroin. Now, even the mainstream agreed that the big rally on Monday was primarily a function of the promise of central bank intervention. As Seeking Alpha summed it up, the market was, quote, boosted by expectations of central bank firepower to battle the economic impacts of the coronavirus. In his podcast, Peter was actually talking about the possibility of an immediate Fed rate cut. I really didn't think that was going to happen. I figured Powell and company would wait until the FOMC meeting later this month. You know, kind of wait things out, see if the uh, if the hint, the promise was enough to put a floor under the market. Well, boy, was I wrong. Now, on Tuesday morning, stocks started falling early in the session. And at around 10 a.m., Powell announced a 50 basis point rate cut. It was the first interest rate move between regularly scheduled FOMC meetings since the 2008 financial crisis. The Fed's fund rate now stands between 1.0 and 1.25%. The decision to cut rates was unanimous. Okay, let's pause. I want you to stop for just a moment and think about what happened. The Federal Reserve keeps saying that the U.S. economy is strong, right? But it just initiated emergency monetary policy last seen during the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. Something here does not add up. 
As the Wall Street Journal pointed out, this kind of Federal Reserve move has been reserved for, quote, when the economic outlook has quickly darkened as in early 2001, that was the dot-com bubble, and early 2008, when the U.S. economy was heading into recession, end quote. The 50 basis point cut was the first such cut of that magnitude since December 2008. You do remember December 2008, right? That was during the panic as the financial crisis unfolded. We're doing the same thing right freaking now. Pacific management investment economist Tiffany Wilding called the Fed's move a shock and awe approach. Now, it may have been shocking, but the results were certainly not awesome. Stocks tanked anyway. The Dow closed down 785.9 points on Tuesday. That was almost a 3% plunge. The S&P 500, NASDAQ, uh, experienced similar drops. It was definitely a buy-the-rumor-sell-the-fact response. The market overbought on the hope of a rate cut with uh, Powell's little note, and then when reality hit, it sold off. That's not a good sign. Meanwhile, gold rallied with the Fed announcement, quickly pushing back above 1600 and gaining over 50 bucks. Wednesday morning, the yellow metal was already knocking on the door of 1650. Now, it's interesting to go back and look at Powell's statement, the one he put out Friday, uh, hinting at rate cuts. He said, quote, the fundamentals of the U.S. economy remain strong. However, the coronavirus poses evolving risks to economic activity. Mises Institute senior editor Ryan McMakin pointed out that Powell's statement sounds an awful lot like John McCain's statement in September 2008 when he said, quote, the fundamentals of our economy are strong, but these are very, very difficult times. You know, it's interesting how these things keep coming full circle, right down to the same BS from the politicians and the mainstream pundits. McMakin raises the crucial questions. If fundamentals are so strong, why the need to enact the biggest rate cut in more than a decade? And further, if the Fed is slashing interest rates while fundamentals are strong, what must it do when things aren't so strong? Negative rates and QE seem to be the next logical step. And of course, the Fed has been engaged in QE now for months. Of course, it doesn't call it QE. It refuses to acknowledge it's QE, but it's definitely QE. In his podcast Tuesday, Peter Schiff put it another way. You shoot your bullets at Superman and they bounce off his chest. Then what do you do? Peter hammered an important point home all week. This rate cut isn't going to work. As he put it in the podcast the other day, the Fed is going to need a bigger rate cut. In fact, I just read that the markets are starting to price in another 50 basis point cut, possibly even at the March meeting, maybe even before the March meeting. But ultimately, there isn't a big enough cut to rescue this market. The air is coming out of the bubble. Coronavirus was the pin. They could cure coronavirus tomorrow. It probably wouldn't save the markets. As Peter said, once the pin pricks the bubble, it doesn't matter what happens to the pin. What matters is the air is now coming out of that bubble, and that's exactly what's happening. From a practical standpoint, it remains unclear how an interest rate cut would actually improve the potential economic problems associated with coronavirus anyway. I mean, I talked about this last week. 
It appears that the move was primarily intended to rescue the financial markets. This is not unlike the way the Fed moved when stocks started to tank in the fall of 2018. In a rather convoluted statement, Powell even conceded that rate cuts won't address the specific economic issues raised by the virus. He said a rate cut will not reduce the rate of infection. It won't fix a broken supply chain. We get that, but we do believe that our action will provide a meaningful boost to the economy. You know, here's the reality. The real worry for the Fed is that the stock market is going to pull the economy down with it. After all, the central bank built the economic recovery, and I'm using air quotes there, after the 2008 financial crisis. It built that recovery on a wealth effect. Easy money pumped up asset prices and made everybody feel richer. They were richer on paper. If that wealth effect unwinds, the underlying economy will likely unwind with it. So anyway, on Wednesday, we flipped the script again. We had a big rally in the stock market. Like I said, volatility is the name of the game here. The Dow was up over 1,000 points. The conventional wisdom is that Joe Biden's success on Super Tuesday gave the markets a glimmer of hope that at least they don't have to worry about a Bernie Sanders presidency. But then reality took hold again on Thursday, and we had another big sell-off. The Dow was down 969 points, so it gave up almost all of Wednesday's rally. Uh, As far as today goes, Dow futures are showing the potential for another big sell-off. Somehow, I don't think this is what Jerome Powell had in mind. But as I said, uh, gold has shown a nice rally since midweek, and uh, we're pushing on that 1690 door right now. You know, gold is getting a boost both as a safe haven and as a hedge against all of this easy money that's about to flood into the system. David Mager, director of metals trading at High Ridge Futures, summed it up nicely. Clearly, as the equity markets are under pressure and there are more concerns about the coronavirus, so obviously we are seeing money flowing out of the riskier assets into safe havens like gold. In addition, we continue to view gold as a quintessential hedge against the flood of global central bank liquidity. Gold continues to lead the charge and continues to be our favorite alternative investment out there. There's another piece of this puzzle that you have to remember. The economy is already loaded up with debt. When you boil it all down, interest rate cuts are meant to stimulate even more borrowing. Normally, during an expanding economy, people pay down their debt, right? But over the last decade, Americans have piled on the debt. The federal government is running trillion-dollar deficits. Consumer debt is at record levels. Rising levels of corporate debt have even set off warning bells at the Fed. Basically, these rate cuts are like throwing gasoline on a fire. As Peter said, if we have another economic downturn, this massive debt is a much bigger problem than it's ever been in any other recession. It's likely going to cause a worse financial crisis than the one we had in 2008. That's what's really going on here. The Fed is trying to keep that from happening. The Fed is cutting rates now because it wants to make it easier for people who have debt to service that debt, and it wants to delay the recession. It knows it can't fix that we can't survive. The ugly truth is, I don't think the Fed has the bullets in its arsenal to fight a deep recession. That's why it's firing the bullets now. It's hoping to hold it off. Good luck with that. Here's the bottom line. Keep your focus on the underlying fundamentals. The thing that has driven the market, the entire recovery since 08, has been 100% central bank monetary policy. In other words, it's all based on 
essentially inflation. It's based on money printing and cheap money. Now, so far, most of that inflation has gone into asset prices, mostly stocks in this go-around, of course, housing running up to 2008. But that's not going to last forever. The central bank's ability to target inflation to financial assets is going to come to an end at some point. And when it does, that inflation is going to show up in commodities and in consumer prices. Price inflation, stagflation, as Peter has been predicting for quite a while now. That's not good for your wallet, by the way. But it is good for gold. In fact, this policy is far better for gold than it is for the economy and the general stock markets. Now, if you want to learn more about all of this and what's going on today, it's complicated. There's a lot of moving parts. Talk to a ship gold precious metals specialist. Call 1-888-GOLD-160. Do it today. This is the time to inform yourself and be prepared for whatever may be coming down the pike. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shipgold.com slash news. You can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. There's links on the show notes page. I really appreciate you listening to the show. Hope you have a good weekend and I'll talk to you next week.